Folks, if you haven't yet, do yourselves the favor of going down to the Handlebar right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. Every day of the week from 2 to 6 p.m., they have a happy hour where you get a dollar off any of their wonderful selection of craft beers. Again, that's seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m., one of our favorite happy hours right here in town. Go check them out, you guys. Again, the Handlebar, 2070 East 20th Street. We promise you will not regret it. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and film podcast and most of the time radio show based in Chico, California, where each and every week we tell you what you should know and uh, maybe should be drinking, should be watching, shouldn't be drinking, shouldn't be watching. We're basically the news. In the worlds of craft beer and film, my name is Max Minardi. Sup, Johnny Summers. This week on the show, we are covering the seventh film in the Transformers live-action film franchise uh, with Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Uh, it's yeah, I won't even do a whole intro about the plot today because you kind of get the gist. It's a Transformers movie. Stuff um, transforms. If you like that sort of thing, you're going to like the movie probably. Uh, and if you don't, you don't. But we're going to talk about all that in a lot more detail in a bit. But first, Johnny Summers. We picked out beers together this week, but please do the honors. Where are our beers coming from brewery-wise? They're coming from Seek. Brewing Company out of El Cajon in San Diego. Wonderful. A little sneak sneak peek of the beers, please. Well, the first one is a New Zealand Pilsner with Pacifica and Southern Cross hops. And the second one is called Modern Escape. It's a double IPA and is a collaboration with Wolf King Brewing. Um, both these beers we found this week at Spike's Bottle Shop, an old um, old favorite of ours from back in the early days of when we did this podcast in uh, 26. I think we started with Spike's pretty early on. Yeah. Yeah, those are CBE days. I was like, mm-hmm. that's the spot. Yep. And yeah, great selection. Continues to be that way. So uh, we have our beers for the next few weeks from Spikes, and this is uh, this is one of them. So here we are. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk Patreon real quick, or do you want to, before we do that, maybe, this is actually hard without the notes. I know. Let's do our normal stuff first. Okay. Social media stuff. Johnny, where can people find us? Uh, untapped, Letterboxd, Instagram, Twitter. Sure. We are uh, still on Twitter. Facebook. Are we? we When's we the last ha- time you logged into Twitter? Well, so... Uh, we're not on Twitter. We cross post though. So like if I post something on my letterbox, which is linked to that, it'll post on Twitter. And like if you post on Instagram, it'll go to Twitter. So like it's still active. I of. never cross post. Oh, really? No. All right. Well, like, you, in theory, you could. I don't have Twitter on my phone. We are on Twitter. Don't bother though. Instagram yeah. is kind of the move. We're on Instagram. We like Instagram. I stay up on Facebook too. Okay, good. Yeah. So just search at Fresh Hop Cinema. If you've come this far, you know the name of the show. Just search it. Sure. And find it in the normal ways. Yes. Also text us. Yeah. Oh, boy. 530-433-0839. That's not totally right, but it's close, um, and we'll find it out before too long. We did, we're doing um, an exclusively podcast-only episode this week, which means we don't have to hit all of our normal radio station beats. Yeah, no KZFR this week. So we thought, you know, we'd had a stressful week, so we, our notes um, our notes are... Bare bones. Bare bones, sure, that's a nice way of putting it. Um, none of the housekeeping stuff is on there. We have, like, bare bones notes about the beers in the movie, and that's pretty much it. If you're um, sick of hearing it, you're welcome. If this is yeah. your first time... We're usually listen to the last episode. You can find all that's that's the move. Listen to last week's episode or next week's episode for the intro. All of our information (laughs) just for the intro, and then come back here. Um, (laughs) Our website is freshhopcinema.com. We have um, years of episodes there and um, information for how to join us on Patreon, which is a way to support this show for a couple bucks a month, and we give you access to bonus episodes and invites to super secret events and that sort of thing. And I think that's all I need to say about Patreon. 
Yeah, um, it's pretty dope. We yeah. get new merch all the time. We've been cranking out some fun, like seasonal, some variants of our our logo with like stickers and stuff. Uh, if you come to some bar hangs or if I see you out in the wild, I usually have them on me. Been tossing those out like candy. So it's fun. You get yep. free stuff. You get tons of episodes, all the stuff you just said. Yeah, fresh hop, or patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. Then before we dive into beers this week, I'm going to give you a quick preview for what to expect next week in case you want to stay up to date with us on that kind of stuff. Um, we're, we're still deciding between two movies. I think that I'm going to see both. I'm not sure where we're going to land, but... A couple years ago, Chris Hemsworth put out a movie exclusively on Netflix called Extraction, and it was this like high octane, sort of action packed heist movie when where the thing to be heisted was a child. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit, Johnny Summers. Yeah, I remember liking it. Did we cover it on the show? I think it was a flick pick. Oh, maybe yeah. So yeah, this is like pandemic time. So that's releasing to Netflix. Extraction two. I don't have Netflix anymore. We'll watch it here. Come on over. Um, so that's releasing on streaming services the same weekend that a film called The Blackening is releasing in theaters, which is a satirical uh, horror comedy um, that seems to want to play on the tropes of traditionally black people in horror movies, which mm-hmm. I think looks fantastic. Yeah. So I'll probably see both. Um, do you lean one way or the other? The Blackening. These? Okay. Do you think you'll see both? No. Okay. Um, then count on seeing that in theaters. It opens this, um, if you're hearing this yeah, podcast-wise, it opened last night, and then it should be everywhere in wide release this weekend. Um, and then we're covering beers from Noble Aleworks, which were also available at Spikes. Um, don't have the names of them in front of me, but there's only a few there. So buy all of them. Uh, and they're pretty affordable, so do it. And you can drink along with us next week. Was Noble the two golden stouts? Yes. Sweet. It was the Cinnamon Toast Crunch and, and um, I forget the, the other one. Beer milk or mm, nectar honey. Yeah. See, I don't know. Something like that. Sure. Uh, but they're at Spikes. They're like seven bucks a piece. Maybe six. Yeah. Maybe, maybe good. We don't know yet. But that's enough of the future. Let's talk the present, sir which is why they call it a gift. <laughs> Not right. Um, beer number one. Johnny, you have the can in front of me, don't you? Yeah. Okay, then I'll tell you more. Um, like we said earlier, uh, this one is called North of Stoked. It's an Actually, I don't even think you said that. It's a New Zealand Pilsner with Pacifica and Southern Cross hops. It's 4.6%. And just for the curious person, nothing to tell you. I thought there was a date on here, and there is. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I'm going to say Oh, it's kind of smudged. I think I'm we gonna say it's April 13th. Yeah. I remember the other one was like 421. This was 413. Yeah. So we are exactly two months from the canning date, um, all the way from Southern California. So, mm-hmm. Johnny, this is your kind of beer. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this? Well, it's really light, right? So you're getting a ton of crispiness right off the top. It's very. If very... you say drinkable during this episode, you owe me five bucks. No deal. Um, <laughs> Well, it's kind of underwhelming though. It's Is it? it's pretty straightforward. It's crisp. It's clean. Uh, there's some some hops in there that I'm not super familiar with, but New Zealand hops, from the ones I've had, I recall them being you know, a little bit juicy, a little floral, a little tropical. But we usually see them in IPAs. Yeah, um, I don't know that I've ever had a pilsner that used New Zealand hops. And 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 to your point, like I don't know, I can't call to mind another beer that's used Southern Cross hops. No, no idea. I don't think so either. I just had my first sip. Yeah. Very light. Very light. And not just in body, which is what I thought you meant. Very light in flavor. Mm-hmm. Very unassuming. Doesn't try to make any waves in my mouth. Um, really, really soapy kind of quality mm-hmm. to the way it looks, certainly. Um, it's. I'm going to go for a second drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not wowing me right away. No. But it is nice. It's It's just like, it's like relatively refreshing. Uh, 
you know, it's okay off off the first impression. Super clean, very subtle, unlike any of the big notes right up front. It doesn't have a bunch of bold flavor. No. Um, where, you know, a lot of Pilsners I like are just kind of punchy in some way. It, it, this one is almost watery, and then the hops hit you in like the last three quarters. I do like that. That's kind of a nice surprise because that just happened as you were describing it. I was experiencing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, really mellow off the top. And then there's a really, really pronounced bitterness after you've swallowed, mm-hmm. which is a bitterness that I tend to associate with a really, really hop forward West Coast IPA. Yeah. You would, I would think they maybe would have even called this like a hoppy pilsner. Yeah. The fact that it's not is surprising because mm-hmm. it is so hop forward. Well, um, or hop. Well, it's not in the front, so it's not forward. You got hop backward? It, that doesn't quite it's, work it's, either. It's, it's hop backward. I it's, like it. It's, yeah, the back end is loaded. Yeah. The loaded back end hop. Mm-hmm. Do you like it? I do. I do like it. It's definitely a beer I would drink. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about Pilsners is there's like nothing to hide behind to cover up any brewing errors or imbalances in the recipe. So it's hard to make a lager this clean. It really is. It's not an easy style to execute, even though people say it's, oh, it's simple, it's clean. Brewing-wise yes. and technically, yeah. it's difficult to make. So yes. the fact that they cranked out such a clean one and it does lean towards being hoppy, which I wasn't expecting, mm-hmm. but for me at this point, it's kind of a bonus. Sure. I would say, yeah, I like it. I like it also. I don't I don't love it by any stretch. There's nothing super surprising to me. I, I guess you could say that the hop on the back end is surprising, but it's um it's not so shocking that, you know, it's it's blowing my socks off. I don't, no. think, I don't think that's the phrase, but it is. Blowing my socks off? Yeah. What about knocking my pants off? Knock Isn't your... it is it blowing my pants off? No. It's... I don't think pants are involved. There's no pants in this? No, it's knock my socks off or blowing my socks off. It is? Yeah. And you can knock yourself out. Yep. Like I might knock myself out on this because it's blowing my socks off. If you slip and fall. Sure. From the lack <laughs> okay. of socks. Absolutely. Um, it's fine. It's fine. I don't care. This beer is okay. Yeah. And that's a testament to the fact that there are incredible world-class pilsners just that we've done on the show. Even. Yeah. I think back to that, that brew built, it was a Hellas lager, but still it's yeah. in the, in the lager pilsner. The, the light boy category. Yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly. Beers like that stand out. The Ennegrin beers we've done stand out. Ennegrin's another level. Exactly. So that's, the, yeah. the, they're Pilsners, forget, they're, forget they're, about it. They're, um, they're single hop Pilsner series. They're, is, the gla- is the Glacier hop a New Zealand hop? Do you recall by chance? I don't, it might be, but I don't recall 100%. I think the two of those beers that we have done from that series are the Glacier hop and the Willamette hop. Yep. And I don't think that the Willamette hop is a New Zealand hop. And I'm. No, Willamette's a valley in Washington. That's right. Um, but Glacier might be. Though I could also see that. Easily not being. Maybe I guess I'm going to Google it. Maybe it's from Alaska. Yeah, right. But like to my point, there's there's world class pilsners and they they knock your your pants backwards. Love that when when you drink them. And this one is, it doesn't. It's it's very good, but it's not one of those pilsners where it's it's really differentiating itself from the pack by a large degree enough for me to just to lose my mind over it. Can I suggest an experiment here? Which is that you? I'm. So, this is the only thing I don't like about our new setup. By the way, is that I can't hand you the can because yeah. it's. I have to like I'm eating the microphone. Yeah. To, to reach it, take a big swig off that. Like it's a hot sunny day. You're doing yard work. You know. I think it'll be different, and I think this is the case for this beer. So it's you're hot outside. You're doing you're doing the thing. You know. You're brushing your hair out of your face. You're wiping your. He's wiping his brow. I'm. I, you keep that going for forever, and that would make me happy. How does that 
when you're finished with your long yeah. drag of ale, does that feel right? Yeah. I think that's what this beer is trying to do. I think it's trying to be an, uh, um, I hate, more beer. Uh, yeah, like a very unassuming, you can drink it almost passively, but it's not something like a Coors Light. It tastes w- I get that people like Coors Light. I think there's a time and a place, kind of. Um, I'm the biggest Bush Light stand on the planet. I think this scratches the same itch. Mm-hmm. And this is made with better ingredients, probably more care, especially ABV wise. It's definitely more expensive. Yeah, and sure. What is um, the ABV of Bushlight? It's like four or seven. Yeah. Oh, is it really that high? Yeah. Well, that's about right. Isn't Don't it? act surprised. Well, I thought it was maybe like a four flat. I don't think it's that low. Yeah. Then this this was four six. So yeah. Yeah. It, it drinks like a beer that is not trying to make an impression. Like this more or less than Trumer. Uh, less. Yeah. But uh, there's so much associated with Trumer. Right. Trimmer is kind of the gold standard for like everyday loggers that's readily available, mm-hmm. goes great with any situation. You know, that's that's for because as far as craft beers goes, that particular Pilsner is more mass produced than most because Seek might not make this year round. There's not a lot of Pilsners that are completely killer that sure. are out year round. Um, we're, we're also getting into the weeds here a little bit, or I'm about to take us there, which is that Pilsners, um, if you want to have the briefest of conversations, you can be like, do you like Pilsners? Sure. Or no. Then you're like, okay, well, do you like, do you like German style Pilsners? Do you like Bohemian Czech Pilsners? Do you like apparently New Zealand Pilsners? Like mm-hmm. they all are different stylistically at, uh, for, for very specific reasons. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm trying to figure out what a one-to-one comparison would be for a beer like this that we have covered on the show. So I'm like looking in like other New Zealand Pilsners. So I'm going to look that up real quick just to see the off chance that we just didn't know we were drinking one. Or just Pilsners in general. I think there's there's a comparison to be made for sure with Trumer. I think it's right in that same ballpark for me. But but Trumer is so much of a German-inspired Pilsner, granted made by an American brewery, but like the spicy kind of peppery notes of a Pilsner do not apply to this. Like this is too fruity almost. You mm. know what I mean? Like it's too it's too light. And and true and we're splitting hairs kind of. Mm-hmm. But but there's a difference from in a Czech pilsner versus a New Zealand pilsner or an yeah. American pilsner. Been really enjoying Italian pilsners lately. What's an example of an Italian pilsner? Just had it at Burgers and Brew. It was uh, Sierra Primavera. Mm, okay. Very is that good. Sierra Nevada? No, it was by uh, actually by Brewbelt. Oh, really? Oddly enough. All right. Um yeah, I'm. I'm not. I, here's so. Here's a list of. Um, and this is on Rate Beer, by the way. Um, you tell me if you've had any of these, and I will stop if I've had any of them. Um, other half from Creature Comforts. Mm-hmm. Um, you have. Yep. Um, uh, Wait. Other half from Creature Comforts. Other half. Oh is... no, I'm sorry. Other half. It's a collaboration. It says other half slash Creature Comforts. Uh, grits and greens. Ah. No, mm-hmm. I don't think I've had that. Uh, it's got a 96 on Rate Beer. Um, Sierra Nevada and Firestone did a collab, which was their um, Beer Camp Torpedo Pilsner. Which what the heck is that even? Yeah. Um, Didn't like that. Okay. Uh, there's a brewery called Dea, D-E-Y-A, New Zealand Pilsner. Mm-mm. Nope, me neither. Um, Crooked's Dave did one. They just called it New Zealand style style Pilsner. And Crooked's Dave is in Auburn, right? Or is that Crooked Lane? Yeah. yeah Crooked's okay. Dave is, I want to say it's in Denver. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, there, there's a good amount of, of beers on here to draw from, but I've not had too many. That was a list of Italian, pil- or I'm sorry, New Zealand This Pilsner. is New Zealand Pilsner. Okay. Correct. All right, well, let's get back to this one. The rarely seen New Zealand Pilsner. Oh, apparently not. There's a whole list of 100 of them. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize it was 100. Yes. Um, all right, negatives about this one, if any. Uh, just underwhelming. Doesn't have a real wow factor. It's not, it doesn't punch me with that crisp, bright, just, 
I don't know, pilsneriness. It's it's an intangible. It's hard to put a metric on that. I don't think it just has that it where I'm just like fired up to drink it. I think okay. there's a something between the the malt bill and the hop profile. Mm-hmm. It kind of is is neutral to a little sweet up front and then bitter in the back. So just a little bit of an imbalance in the recipe. Sure. All right. Well, let's give it a rating out of ten. Johnny Summers. I really enjoy it. It's um, you know, we can nitpick, but Overall, I'd definitely drink it again. Mm-hmm. Same. I'm... How much was this? Do we have a sticker on it? No. Yeah. It was like five ninety nine. Yeah, fine. For a, pint, for a pint can. Yeah, sure. Um, solid beer. It's like a it's like a six six. Yeah, it's a seven for me. Like like totally totally good. That's I would funny. Definitely I thought I liked it more than you. Uh, you might, but I don't. You know, it's either a six or a seven for me. So for my for my brain, those are the same ratings. Um. All right. Well, that's uh, north of stoked. From Seek Beer Company. We got it at Spike's Bottle Shop for maybe six bucks. If you've tried it and you think we got it wrong, which uh, seems unlikely, but we've been wrong from time to time or we got it right, please let us know. Uh, you can text us or shoot us a text. Uh, we're at 530-433-0839. Or you can send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. When we come back, we are talking Transformers Rise of the Beasts with no spoilers. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, don't fret your little souls. And we'll be right back after this trailer. For centuries, our kind has stayed hidden on Earth. But darkness has found us again. Prime. This is about the fate of all living things. Unicron is coming. I thought we were boys. You want it? Come and get it. You brought a human here. I'm nobody. I ain't even seen nothing. I'm not even seeing anything right now. Thank you, Holden Lake, for you haven't been to Ape. Stop! This is not our war. Optimus, we must trust each other to protect the home we all share. How big can this guy be? Uh, he eats planets, so like way bigger than a planet. In the end, everything you cared for will be consumed. Maybe there's another way to save our home. You've never faced anything like this. Let them come. Again, that was a trailer for Transformers Rise of the Beast. Johnny Summers, give me the gist of what the movie's about. From the interwebs we read, Optimus Prime and the Autobots take on their biggest challenge yet. When a new threat capable of destroying the entire planet emerges, they must team up with powerful with a powerful faction of Transformers known as the Maximals to save Earth. Right. So this was directed by Stephen Capel Jr. It came to theaters June 9th of uh, 2023, of course. It runs two hours and seven minutes long with the 
the Transformers Classic PG-13 rating. It stars, um, and, and there's a few categories here. So as humans go, it stars Anthony Ramos and Dominique Fishback playing Noah Diaz and Elena Wallace. Um, Noah is a, I don't know, maybe like a 20-something-year-old kid who's uh, who's trying to, trying to live by the straight and narrow, can't get a job, and turns to um, a one night of crime when when the uh, events of this movie start to unfold. And then on the other hand, you got Elena, who is a museum curator, um, evaluator, intern. intern, right, who is clearly smarter than everybody else at the museum um, and is doing some digging into a mysterious artifact that has come across the desk of her superior uh, when, uh, you know, the stuff starts to hit the fan. Um, other people to note here, uh, we got, of course, Optimus Prime, who's long time been voiced by Peter Cullen. Ron Perlman, one of Johnny's favorites, um, is voicing Optimus Primal. Um, and I feel like Ron Perlman at this point is maybe being, uh, he's getting tired of being typecast as a gorilla, but whatever. <laughs> um, surprising cameo here, Peter Dinklage voices Scourge. Not a cameo, he's the main villain. He's the well. Is he? I think in the movie you're right, but like the larger villain is whatever that thing. Octonong, uh, um, Octavia uh, Spencer. Some, there's. I, have, I made a list of vocabulary. I didn't get very far. Yeah. But but anyways, yeah. But that big oogly claw in the sky is definitely the bad guy. But I'd yes. say that thing has a cameo. You're right. Okay, fair enough. Um, Michelle Yeoh plays um, a maximal named Air Razor, which is a little on the nose as a name. But fine. If you haven't figured it out yet, Maximals are animal transformers. Right. We're going to get into this too. Um, but you also have um, characters named Mirage, and that one was voiced by Pete Davidson. And then RC, and she's like a she's an Autobot that is like a Ducati. Was but, that uh, Aquafina? No, it was not. Okay. Um, she's also a sniper. Then you got this dude named Stratosphere who's like a – they have accents. They all have different accents for some reason. He's like yep. a Scottish guy. Um, he turns into a plane. <laughs> yep. Um, and then there's one more that I'll talk about once we get into this because it doesn't apply for now. Johnny. This is the seventh Transformers movie. Where, where are you at with these things? Well, I'm coming off of a really, really high note because I absolutely adored Bumblebee. Okay. I did too. Bumblebee was fucking great. Bumblebee is fucking great. Yeah. And that, but is you take Haley Steinfeld and John Cena out of the movie. Is that movie still great? I still enjoyed it. Well, mm, I would still enjoy it. It'd be okay. Just the, the the way that they wrote Bumblebee and it wasn't the stereotypical action. Boom, 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 yeah, boom, it wasn't yeah. Michael Bay. It was it was it was as as personable as you can get for a movie about robot aliens. And like it was about that character's journey, Bumblebee's journey. Yeah. It had good character development. Totally. So I was kind of on a high note going into this from Bumblebee. Was that the last one? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. And this is kind of a direct sequel from that because they take the Optimus Prime and the Bumblebee from that Transformers versus like the Shia LaBeouf Bumblebee. Right. So you had the Bumblebee from Bumblebee. Sure. We've said Bumblebee so many times on this episode. Is it Bumblebee? Yeah. Okay. Sure. So, me too. So riding pretty high. Pretty stoked on that one. Curious where they're going to go from here. Wasn't sure if it was going to play like a direct sequel or if if the, the Bumble... Last film was like an origin story, uh-huh. and then they would just differentiate completely. It seemed like it was a sequel. Yeah, to be clear, this movie, for the majority of it, takes place in the year 1994. Yeah. Bumblebee, which came out in 2018, takes place in the year 1987. So, so that, that could track, I think possibly. this is a direct sequel. There's even one reference that Optimus Prime makes to Bumblebee. He's like, you, yeah. God, his lines are so terrible. Stop going to that drive-in said, theater. You've had, you've had, you know, I know you got close to one human. Which to us is like, okay, like he's referencing Haley the last Steinfeld's movie. character. So, okay, fine. Uh, lazy attempt at tying these together. But mm-hmm. okay. 
Yeah, it was tied together in the most nebulous of ways. Sure. So, uh, yeah. So I was riding pretty high. What about you? I don't care about these. I loved them as a kid. No, you know? but where are you at? Like going into this after Bumblebee? Oh, after Bumblebee, like specifically. That. Yeah. Well, that's the last Transformers movie we watched. You're right. Um, I guess I was going to talk mostly about my relationship with the franchise, but no, I, I think Bumblebee was the exception. Okay. For the most part, these movies elicit no emotional reaction from me. So did Bumblebee give you more, less, or neutral? Uh, hope for this movie. I didn't associate Bumblebee with this movie. Really? I thought it was something else. Like I don't I don't consider it part of the canon of Transformers, which is crazy because obviously it is, but yeah. like it was so far removed from what those movies had become slash were from the inception of them. Mm-hmm. Like it just seemed like it was its own thing. So I just thought we were like, I forgot about Bumblebee and I was like, all right, this is like what came after like Dark of the Moon or oh, whatever wow. Transformers movie was before. Knights of the Fallen. Yeah, or, like whatever, yeah. Like I, which I never saw. Did you see this? I think I watched it once in a hotel room, blacked out drunk. Sure. That's the time to watch that. Totally. I was like messy eating taquitos and guacamole. Yeah. Well, it must not have been blacked out. I remember it. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm at. Like I thought Bumblebee was good. Did not have high expectations for this. I All thought right. it would be a fun watch, which, right. you know, we'll get into ratings here. I did not find it to be that. Um, I thought it was tedious. It was way too long. Um, I thought the character development was trash. I thought it didn't look very good. Um, none of the jokes worked uh, except for one. Which I've now for oh there was one joke where um, Mirage Pete Davidson's character uh, is trying to uh, like point out that he and um, Noah have gotten closer and says you've been inside me which of course is a double entendre but it worked and it got a chuckle out of my theater right there's a lot of attempts at jokes none of them work I thought it was bad I almost literally fell asleep I I was dozing off which I don't I've never done in a movie and maybe I'm tired but I don't know if I sound tired don't feel tired now felt very tired then. Bad movie. I'm going to give my rating first. This wow. Is... So no thoughts? That was your whole thoughts? Those are my thoughts. Oh, damn. And, uh, well, this is supposed to be like, we'll get into our thoughts afterwards, but... No, you always ask me, right? You always talk it. for too long. And then you say all these things, and I mean too long in the sense that I don't have a chance to even say anything, because I want you to get to your rating. I don't want to interrupt you. But m- the idea for this is like, give our brief thoughts and a rating, and then we can discuss. So those are my brief thoughts. My, and brief, my, my brief thoughts my, are very long. My rating is... Um, you know, I think it's like a three. It's like a three out of ten. I really didn't like this God, movie. Damn. I thought it sucked. Um, I thought I hate Optimus Prime. He's got he's the and like nothing against Peter Cullen personally, but those lines are delivered in the most the usual insulting words here aren't gonna work. I was gonna say robotic, <laughs> I was gonna say unfamiliar, which is because a synonym for alien. Uh flat. They're delivered very flat. I don't like it. There's no emotional weight in this movie. It, I don't like it. It's a three out of ten. Fair enough. What about for you? So Transformers: Rise of the Beasts is what happens when you get seven movies. In- I like that you start this like you're writing an article. Yeah. I love that. You're like I can see it like typing out. Keep yeah. going. Uh, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts is what happens when you get seven films into a franchise, and the films do not know that they have jumped the shark, but the audience does. I don't know that expression. And Google it. And the (laughs) – you fucking should. And so the audience knows that it's Jump the Shark. The fucking movies don't. And they're still trying to take themselves seriously. I will tell you, in case no one listening has ever heard that. No, I'm going to look it up. I got the definition. Okay, but I'm going to explain it. All right. So that is uh, a a, a reference, an idiom, if you will, from an episode of Happy Days where Fonzie literally jumped a shark – I want to say like over the moon. It was something 
completely audacious. Was there, was there a shark in space? And he's on water skis. Okay, so he he was riding a shark and he jumped a shark. So that has become um, a, a phrase. What if he's riding a shark? It jumped the shark. So you're jumping a he's, shark. He jumps over sharks. On the phrase was coined in 1985 by John Hine in response to a 1977 episode, of course, from Happy Days, which Fonzie jumps over a shark while on water skis. Yeah. So it's become synonymous with when something just becomes so outlandish, it stops being based in reality. Take, for example, the Fast and the Furious franchise. Great example. Jump the Shark about movie one and a half, yep. two. Some might the say one. climax of the first movie. Yeah, exactly. So th- this series of movies, I feel, jumped the shark a long time ago. But they're still not self-aware enough to realize they've done that. And these movies still feel like they're trying to take themselves seriously as like action adventure films. Yes. And when you try to take yourself as seriously as they do, and then try to inject the tongue in cheek humor, I mean, for fuck's sake, you've got Pete Davidson voicing a Porsche. You've jumped the shark guys. Sure. Come on. When, when the fast and the furious series makes more sense as a film, you've got big, Big, big problems. No, it. you're right, but it makes sense because it's tonally more aware of itself. You're right. Yeah. This is not, and I think that's why it was so boring to me. Exactly. Is it just felt so hollow and like yeah. done and, and insincere. And it's so tropey. The whole movie, I was like, they're just checking boxes. He's saying dumb action hero shit. Mm-hmm. It's just going through the motions of making an action movie. At one point, someone literally said, who called for backup? That was tough. Oof. That was a tough line. There was so many of those lines. And quite frankly, the script was garbage. The trash the delivery was not great. Um, yeah, it was just a movie that tried to take itself too seriously. It's trying to be this big Michael Bay style mm-hmm. action blockbuster. And it was not stellar, man. There were moments that I liked. Yeah. But for the action and for for other things, I love the the Maximals. That was a very formative time in my life when, uh, like, I think it was the Beast Wars. Yes, was on like Saturday morning television. Mm-hmm. You had Optimus Primal, the Gorilla. It was great. Loved those. Uh, so there was a bit of nostalgia. Also, the soundtrack to this movie, absolute fire. Really there loved was some sweet needle drops. Really loved all the mid nineties yeah. uh, hip hop. Yeah. Like the first song in the movie when you hit Brooklyn is "Cream" by Wu Tang. Yeah, so right, right, right. that fucking caught my attention. Uh, but overall, yeah, absolutely garbage movie. Out of 10. I liked it more than you for sure. Yeah, for sure. But it was like a 4.5. or five. Yeah, okay. 4. 5. Um, Bad. Not good. Yeah, that said, I loved Anthony Ramos. I love him in everything. I can't I help did not. it. Yeah, but what have you liked him in? What can you even name him in? In the Heights? Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't think you were going to come up with that. Yes, great example, which you didn't love. No. Um, for different reasons, but um, I think he's great. Um but yeah, even like his charm was not enough to save this. His relationship with his brother, kind of like, like predictable. If, yeah. Oh, we had just, to put in a, a, a younger sibling with cancer. Yeah. Just to try. Well, no, not even just for the kid's cancer, because at some point that kid had to use his own cancer as leverage to tell his brother, look, I'm fighting this. You have to fight I've that. I've never so, given up, brother. <laughs> and we don't give up either, right? Like home team, like sports, I guess. Like they, I guess. And they tried to inject that, that banter. Subsonic. Yeah, it's not good. Subtails. They didn't establish that at any time before. No. We we call each other that. I swear we do. I know. It's it's all look, and these movies aren't for us, is what I've realized. I used to like Transformers because I used to be uh not 31. Yeah. And well, now I am 31. It's bonkers though, because like I liked Fast X. Different. Different. Fast X wasn't made for children. 
uh, or at least in its it inception, was, it Transformers was, was a cartoon series made for kids. Yeah, and I think like if so, if if if, um, if that's the case, kids beginning at age five will like Transformers, the cartoon series, the concept, the movies, whatever. Up until I think probably about twenty, Fast and Furious were made for like late teenagers who are getting into cars. Yeah, and I think that age range shifts towards older so i think you get like 15 instead of five to like 30 something and that's where we are now and we are starting to lose the love for the fast and furious franchise triple f as we call it um and i think i fell off of transformers quite a while ago yeah. didn't know it because bumblebee was this anomaly which was lovely well Wahlberg really ruined the transformers franchise for me was he in them Oh, I do kind of have a faint memory of Dude, this. Dude, he was the main character like Shia in like LaBeouf four of them. And then Mark Wahlberg, and, and then now we're here. Yeah. Okay. He was the main guy in like four of them. Yeah. Maybe that's what turned him towards God. And then he, now he just makes like Father Stew. And, and workout videos. Yeah, and workout videos. <laughs> Got up at 5 a.m. this morning. Yeah. There was a Mark Wahlberg reference in this, wasn't there? I don't. Yeah. One of the, one of the, um, am I thinking of a different movie? No, it's this movie. Um, it's Mirage when he comes out of hiding. Says like Marky Mark's leaving the Funky Bunch. Isn't oh, that yeah. crazy? He's gonna pursue acting, which I guess, yeah, which I forgot that he was even in the other movies. But I'm sure diehard fans of this were like, oh, yeah, Mark Wahlberg. What <laughs> if he's gonna show up? He doesn't, for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, though they did. Well, I guess that's it for for non spoiler stuff. Fair um, enough. Do you have anything else you want to talk about that doesn't involve spoilers? I mean, yeah. One thing that bummed me out. Go. There weren't any like memorable, cool cars in this. I remember no. like every other one, there was like, oh, that car is dope. This is rad. This one was just like, okay, he's a silver Porsche. But every shot with cars, the filmmakers are like, these look awesome. Yep. And we're like, do they? Do they? Optimus Prime's looking worse and worse. Yeah. And all of the bad guys, none of them. The guy, the tow truck guy, the Mater, the Mater, uh, Mater, Mater guy. Yeah. He was my favorite of all right. every vehicle in this. Yeah. I think you lose a lot of detail when you get into like the jet character. Yeah. Like what we know. Whoa. The transformation. Don't be talking shit about Starscream. Was treated. No, not. Is that who it was? Starscream's the only actual jet transformer. Okay. Like in the early movies, maybe it's CGI. Maybe it's that it's the first film in this franchise. Like there was so much awe put into the transformation. Like you get this close up from like the foot of like, and it would take like 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, transform back, forward, back. And it's like, it happens midair. Like it's just so overwhelming. You don't get to appreciate the detail in it. Certainly with the flying ones. Mm -hmm. Probably not even really with the bad guys. Kind yeah. of with Optimus Prime. There's one cool scene where Anthony Ramos is driving in the Porsche and he does like a 180 in the seat. Yeah. And it's like kind of like, that's cool. That's Transformers stuff. Yeah. That's fun. Be curious to watch like the first Transformers with Shia LaBeouf, Megan Fox. Yeah. See if it still holds up. It doesn't. It didn't hold up then. I was going to say. It doesn't hold up now, but it was probably better than this. Good enough. Let's get out of here and get some spoilers. All right. Uh, last warning then. If you haven't seen uh, Rise of the Beast, it's in theaters. When we come back after this very fun sound, we are going to be spoiling stuff. Um, you know, take your chances. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Welcome to the Danger Zone. We're spoiling Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Right after Johnny gets another beverage, after this cool sound, the rare use of maybe if I'm feeling inspired enough, a brand new sound that sounds like this. Who wants an orange whip? Hey, careful, man. There's a beverage here. Huh? Get me a vodka rocks. Scotch and Splenda. Orange whip. Make it Suntory time. Three orange whips. A martini, shaken, not stirred. Uh, sweet vermouth, rocks with a twist, please. I want you to think I'm a drinker. I can stop anytime I want to, only I don't want to. <laughs> 
All right, Johnny Summers, you have a beverage in hand. Yeah. We are ready to spoil Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Um, and I had one spoiler that I almost said earlier, and now I can't remember what it was. I'm sure it'll come up in a minute. So what do you want to talk about? There's nothing super surprising. Kind of good guy wins, bad guy loses, at least temporarily. Very much feels like they're setting it up for another movie, mm-hmm. which is not surprising. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. don't love that. Yeah, the biggest surprise, they could have thrown our ways back. This is it. It's over. Bumblebee could have stayed dead. Mm-hmm. Optimus Prime could have died. Would have been it. Everybody yeah. dies except like humans, and then Earth goes on, and that's the end of the franchise. Yeah, but did anybody die? Yes. Uh, yeah. Hang on. Uh, Air Razor died. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she had. She had to. Which was. Oh, by the way, this is what I was going to say. Um, Air Razor dying, kind of a dark detail. She got like infected by the bad guy, Scourge. Scourge, uh, and then had to be like squeezed out. To death by uh, by Maximal Prime or Maxim Auto- what's his name? Maximus Optimus Prime. Primal. That's Optimus it. Primal. Um, Why wasn't it Maximus Prime? I don't know. Cool, because because he says in the movie they meet each other and oh, yeah. he's like Optimus Prime and he goes Optimus Prime Mole. I was I fucking was named after you because I heard you were so cool, Optimus Prime. You're such a great warrior. Yeah, whatever. So they're. Um, the plane guy, the Scottish plane guy, Stratosphere, mm-hmm. um, also voiced another character in this named Transit, um, who was a Decepticon um, whose scenes ended up being pulled out of the film. He, oh. he transformed into, and, and this is all I know, he transformed into a New York City transit bus, um, but this character's scenes were deleted, this is a quote, obviously, uh, due to their darker tone. And I just imagine, like, this Decepticon, which if you don't know, are bad. They're bad guys. That's, like, their whole thing. You, yeah. It's right there in the name. He's just like a dude who's gone rogue. This is my imagination. And he just picks up, you know, people in New York City, gets them inside his little bus, and then transforms and crushes them. And then that's his whole thing. Right. I think that's the detail that was left out of the movie. I could. That's the first thing I thought, too. Bus full Like of a street-level villain in all senses of the word. Yeah. Um, like, I'd watch that mini show. Just him. <laughs> like, Give me that Disney Plus trapping. Spin-off. Yeah, just trapping hapless New Yorkers mm-hmm. who get meat ground in a tiny little Transformer transit bus. It's the Midnight Meat Bus. I'd love that. Anyways. Shout out to the Midnight Meat Train. So a couple dark details. I wish it would have gone a little bit darker. I wish they would have committed to any of it. I think Air Razor dying was fine. Well. But not great. Yeah, you know, the big problem in this movie was the stakes. They were so high. And then you had life and death. You had characters dying yeah. off. Then that miraculously came back to life and the good guys won. It was, I think, the biggest problem is nothing in this movie was surprising. No, and none of it was original, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, also in every sense of the word, because, of course, it's based on the show. But even even beyond that, like, all of the best parts of this plot-wise and, and story-beat-wise came from better movies like – Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. That whole final sequence feels ripped right out of the Thanos playbook. Yep. And but done so much worse. It's just it's just so it's a game of capture the flag and and defend the flag. Is that what capture the flag is? Kind of defend your flag, keep the other team from catching it. It's from both. getting it. Yeah, it's yeah. like defend home base and also try to steal. The whole movie is just finding these two pieces. Yep. And we got to stop it so the bad guys don't get it so that we can use it. And then yeah. we'll throw in like a little personal growth. Like w- one character wants to destroy it and one wants to keep it. And how yep. do they resolve that? Which so it barely scratched the surface of anything resembling character development. There's a scene where Anthony Ramos has a wrist rocket style Transformers multi-tool. Unclear what it does. Very helpful for that reason. We don't have to know. It'll just do whatever needs to be done in the moment. And I quote, should have came with a instruction book. Yeah, right. There's also another thing. This is a brief tangent. But when they're laying out the master plan for their final siege, 
um, one of them is talking, and out of nowhere, uh, like a holographic display comes up. I'm mm-hmm. like, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah, they just did, have They that. didn't show like another character projecting it from their brain. It just popped up in the middle of a forest. And I was like, where is this coming from? You can't just do this. Our minds. There's so many um, uh, not thought out one take shots that they could have certainly written one more, just like have Anthony around with his head. Like, oh, my hand's lighting up. There's where it's coming from. Yeah. Doesn't happen. But yeah, you think for a movie with this much budget and this much like weight yep. behind it, yep. it would have had better like being more fleshed out. Totally. So so what I that where that tangent came from is he has this wrist rocket thing. Yeah. Um uh at one point, like it's the it's the climax of this this uh conflict that maybe he'll blow up or like shoot the other half of the key fragment or whatever. And he's we're looking up through the barrel. And he's, we are like the key fragment in the shot and he's like holding it at the key. And then Optimus Prime's like, don't do it. I'll never get home. And he like cocks it back. You know what I mean? Like pulls on this thing and mm-hmm. then the lights change from blue to red. So, you know, it's about to explode. That's kill mode, bro. It's kill mode. And then you can see his face. He's like twisted and tortured. He's like, do I do it or do I not? And then he decides he's not gonna, but then the gun also stops, turns blue. How does it read his mind? Why did it stop? Maybe it's like pressure sensitive. I was wondering that Is too. it? Cause like you can't. There's no rules established. It's like it's a flashlight. It's yeah. a gun. It's like a homing device. What is this thing? Yeah. And you no, know, it's lazy writing. You can't just do that. Yeah. Boobs. It's like it's not plot holes. It's just it's just a lack of like substance. Yeah. Which is a hole in a plot. It is a plot hole. No, it was more just like the, the plot's there, but like all the details are just like here's what it is. Does it have to make sense? No. Because there's aliens that transform from space, so you're going to believe yeah. anything. Yeah, it was insulting to the viewer. Of course, it was. Yeah. Although I think most people who are seeing this are not probably insulted. They're like, "This is fine. It's entertaining. It's fun." Explosions. And everyone that enjoys this movie is dumb. I'm saying that people that go to see this aren't necessarily analyzing it the same way that we are, which I think is I accurate think and pretty, unoffensive. I think I backed my way out of that pretty slickly. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. You did. You did a backwards donut. Yeah. 360 into a <sighs> flying hawk maneuver. Favorite part of this movie. Favorite scenes? Hmm. I really liked Pete Davidson in this. The, and again, that's the character as Mirage. Mirage as the Porsche. Oh, God. Huge plot hole here, but okay. Sure. I'm sure there is, but I liked their interactions. Yeah. I felt like theirs was the only dynamic that worked in this movie. Okay. If they would have leaned into that more, this movie could have been a buddy comedy about them. It could have been Bumblebee. A la Bumblebee. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Because they had that chemistry. Because they're both like New York kids. It's like it fucking, it worked, right? That vibe Uh they had for me, they could have explored a lot further. The vibe did not work for me, but I like where your head's at. I would love if it had. Mm. That would have been an awesome way to take the story. For me, that did not work. It felt forced. Um. Here's the plot hole with Mirage. What a cool, like arguably the neatest of the tricks of all the Autobots, right? Like he can multiply himself. Right. Maybe that's where the hologram came from. Maybe he did it and we just didn't realize. That it. makes sense. Um, He decides to fight Scourge at the end one-on-one for no good reason. And then our dude Noah's like, you can't fight him by yourself. And he's like, I'm not going to be alone. There's about one approach that he takes towards Scourge where he uses his Mirage ability. The thing he is named after. Yeah. And after that, he just fights him one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Why not be a little smarter about it? Why not do the Mirage? Why even fight him at all? Why not just use Mirages? Mm-hmm. Sit behind. Just throw Mirages What a dumb him. choice. Yeah. And then he dies, but doesn't. Yeah. Kind he, of, he turns into a suit. He turns into an Iron Man An suit. Iron Man suit, right. 
Uh, yeah, it's it was so dumb. That was a terrible lapse in judgment from the writers. Like, why you have a character? He's overpowered, mm-hmm. so I get that you can't have him necessarily win, but like take him out of the running for the final battle. Yeah, or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, because if you know he's overpowered, then he just makes dumb choices. That's just bad on you, right? Yeah. Or you make that his thing where he's like so – he's like – he's like um, – He's so smart he's dumb. Gold, no, where he's so overpowered but makes dumb choices. Like the – which I really liked about Guardians 3 where they had – Golden Adam can't be his name. Black Adam? No, that's the – that's the that's rock doing, movie. Yeah. The, Whoever – The warlock guy. Oh, Adam Warlock, yeah. Super overpowered. Was like Was like foreshadowed movies ago. Turns out to be a bit of an idiot, mm-hmm. which is great. That's very funny. Right. If they could do that with Mirage, but he's already being kind of funny mm-hmm. and like cool, so it doesn't work. Yeah. And also, I was wondering why he can Mirage himself only as a car. Uh, yeah, that's unclear to me too. Mirage your robot. Do so. anything. Because yeah, he at one point he is there on the freeway and he miraged Anthony Ramos into the car. So mm-hmm. you could, could you just do Anthony Ramos? Right. Could it, or is it only what you look like in the moment, maybe? Yeah, with stuff inside you. Sure. But also, duplicate the robot thing, like your robot form. Sure. If you're trying to do one-on-one melee combat, Mm -hmm. duplicate like 50 of those. It'd be great. Yeah, Yeah, do the Doctor Strange thing from Avengers, or no, Infinity War. Yep. Like you surround him with, like why just do two? Mm -hmm. We know you can do at least six. Yeah. We've seen six. Yes. And And when it counts, you give me two? Do more. Do more. You could probably do more. Um, can we talk about the whole key? It's called the trans warp key. Yeah. And this is the last thing I care about because it's what the movie is about. They're finding this. It's not what the movie is about. It's the it's, end game. It's the end game of the movie. The, the it's whole, the stones. The, I wasn't even clear on this. So basically Scourge is a Terracon who is like a, he's another bad guy, obviously terrors right there in the name, who has been sent on a mission to retrieve the trans warp key, mm-hmm. which is... Basically a space portal opener. Yeah. They find out it's been split into two fragments by the Maximals years and years ago. He's an emissary of darkness for the guy, the bad guy the who big eats bad. planets. Yep. Why why do they need the key? Is it that the universe is so big and this hunkin' fella's eating all the planets around him and he's too fat to move and he needs to go through portals to find planets or that's the only thing that makes sense well does he need this they hint at it being almost like a multiverse type situation because optimus prime says it opens space time portals in time is it yeah okay space time portals so So he collected like i ooh, that planet was good i want to eat it again right give me another timeline that earth was delicious greedy bastard just wants seconds like he he eats planets to survive. Yeah. What else does he do? Like, is he, why is he scary? I, that's obviously scary, but like, what's, what's his end game? They don't say. Who is this guy? We don't know. I don't really care as much as my voice is making it sound like, but like, who is he? You're, you're elucidating questions that need to be asked and answered by this movie. I'm asking him. Yeah. The I, movie didn't, but no, you sure are. Like, I just don't get it. And yeah. why trans, trans warp key? That sounds like something a kid would come up with, which very, I guess is good marketing. It was so. very Star Trek. It's very Star Trek. It's very Avengers. Um, by the way, Scourge, when his mask gets ripped off, looks a lot like Ultron mm-hmm. slash um, Steppenwolf from the Justice <laughs> League movie. Like, yes. none of it's original. It looks terrible. Well, they're not franchised by either of the two major DC or 
uh, Marvel, no, so, so they could rip them both off. I think that's the opposite of how that works, but maybe. Do you have anything else on Rise of the Beasts? Well, you know, you got to get your trans warp keys in order. What a doubt. I don't know. I was pretty let down, man. Pretty let down by this movie. Yeah, have potential, especially when they show that they can make a good movie like Bumblebee. Yeah. Granted, I don't can't remember who directed Bumblebee, but I'm sure it's not the same. Wasn't this guy? No. You ready for beer number two? Uh, yeah. Okay, we'll be right back. All right, we're back with beer number two, which, as a reminder, is from Seek. Uh, it's called Modern Escape. It's a hazy double IPA with fruit, uh, citra, guava, and passion fruit. It's also a collaboration with Wolf King, and it's eight percent. That is the limitation of my knowledge. Johnny Summers, tell me more. Well, the description from Untapped is essentially everything you just said. Oh. A hazy double IPA <laughs> made in collaboration with our friends at Wolf King Brewing. Wow. Hopped with citra and fruited with guava and passion fruit. Uh, it is so incredibly juicy. Nice. This is one you'll want all summer. Okay, so no actual other information? No. Uh, okay, nope. What a shame. 8% Imperial Double New England IPA. Literally said all of it. Okay. doesn't look like a New England it doesn't. It's very, very clear. What um, the shit is in my glass? So there's some... I don't know, man. Listen, it's it's fine. Let me tell you real quick about the can, and then we can talk about what's inside. Wow, I got floaties. Are you okay with calling this a circuit board sort of thing? 100%. Uh, if you spin the can vertically from left to right, it goes from That's pale, pale colors. Vertically from left to right. So I'm holding it vertically, and I'm spinning it from left to right. Does you that make sense? spin it vertically. I... Oh, okay. Fair enough. If you hold it vertically, you spin it from left to right uh, in a clockwise motion, the colors go from sort of paler into more vibrant as you get to the other side of the can. Sorry, I didn't. don't know why that bugged me. Well, it's okay. <laughs> I just, I, had to call, sorry, I just pictured you spinning it vertically. Just like, dumping it. Yeah, like, bro, it's open. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, it's, a, it's a fine label. I think it's nice. Um, it was also canned on April 21st. All right. Now, to the interior. Uh, tell me more what you're seeing in your glass. So I've got, you know, semi-hazy... Uh, but what I have is a golden yellow, uh, cesspool of chunks of mm, grains of sand to three or four times the size of grain of sand. Sure. Um, stuff floating in this beer. What do you see in mine? Cause uh, I, I took the second pour. So describe the, the sizes of, of my particulate matter. Would okay. You? Let's see. Oh, yours are much bigger. That's disgusting. You've got, um, ooh, some of those are reaching small pebble mm -hmm, size mm -hmm. to maybe, I don't know, rock salt. Sure. I'm seeing some some kosher flake salt happening in there, and it is not sinking. It looks like a miasma. We've oh, got kind nice of a word. swamp thing going here, man. So um, color-wise, I even think that ours are different. Mine is um, more orange than yours, and I guess I'm going to attribute that to the density of the liquid in my glass instead of yours, but... Um, have you yet tasted thine liquids? No, and I don't know if I want to because this is not uh, sediment that is like a little bit on the bottom. This is uh, you just chugged all of yours. Okay, you savage. Uh, this is um, rife. This is throughout. This is. Listen, it's fine. Man. I just drank a good four ounces. Yeah, but your your tummy's not going to feel good. No, it'll be fine. It's fruit, my guy. When has fruit ever hurt anybody? Is it fruit? pretty often actually? Yeah, yeah. You eat bad fruit, you're gonna, your your internals are not going to be great. You're not helping your case here, bud. So it looks swampy, man. It looks like algae floating in a glass of swamp water. Okay, look, I I would. That, that's not resounding praise. No, it's not. It's nobody thought it was. Take a sip of that. 
You can even filter it through your teeth. But and forget about all that. How does that taste to you? Fruity. It's pretty good. It's very fruity. You're right. But it's a nice flavor, dude. Mm. It's very guava Mm-mm. heavy, very tropical. Mm-mm. You don't like it. Mm-mm. I think you're having a hard time getting past the visuals. No, it tastes like overripe, musty fruit. It's it's a little too sickly sweet. It's and, very sweet. That's and, true. And then you're getting, it's a double for some reason. Why would you put this much sweetness into a double? That, to, to hide the alcohol. Ew. Slash, that is what made the alcohol. Yeah, but also, ew. Well, I don't have that experience at all. I think it's decent tasting. Um, whether or not I regret what I just drank in my cup will remain to be seen, but I like how it tastes. I don't. That's off. It's fairly hot as well. No, that's something is not right with that beer, and quite frankly, it looks unsafe to drink. Well, I'm going to pour a little more. We'll just see, because I did stop pouring when I saw uh, it seemed to want to uh, pour out even larger chunks. So oh, we're getting yeah. the, the old the old globby globs it's a happening. Plop 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 action right. Oh, and it turned the beer like pink. Yeah, so it's one of those situations like maybe we should have mixed it up more. It looks like you just squirted ketchup into a hazy double. No, IPA. it does not. It look at the difference in color. I agree with you. That's, take, do you have your phone? Here, take a photo of these two next to each that's other. That's insane. Because that is pretty wild. Um, you better yeah, okay. Johnny's taking a photo, and I think as long as I keep talking, I won't have to earn an extra edit for myself. Nope. Um it looks like a smoothie sour versus a West Coast IPA. Those are the difference in colors. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize this was just had like a shit ton of fresh fruit in it. Is that the case? Drink that. Tell me if it tastes like guava. You drink it. I've already – I mean I will. I'm going to drink it. I, you probably you don't need to sacrifice looks, your body for the game. This looks like um, grapefruit juice. It looks like uh, clumpy grapefruit juice yeah. is the color. For me, this beer is not really appealing at all. I think it's it's cloying. The peel might be in there too. It's there. It might be up appealing for yeah. Max. It's appealing your insides. That's so you, for okay. Sure. So you, I mean, you don't like how it tastes. No, I don't like how it tastes. I don't like how it looks. I think it looks like a potential sick day tomorrow. Um, it's too sweet. the The hot presence is is there, but it's not memorable. It smells old already. Like, seriously, wet cardboard, old IPA smell. Okay. Already, this beer's too young to have that. The fruit fucked it all up. Let this me try is, yours. This is just not good. Because there's a chance that they taste drastically differently. Uh, yeah. I will Look try at yours. It. Yours is a little bit more, um, yours is a little funkier. Yours has got more of like a, like a skunky thing going on. Mine is more. Oh, did I get all the actual IPA? I think you did. And I think I got all the fruit. And you can even see, like, if you look at my glass, there's, and I'm jiggling it so it's not helping, but it's starting to separate. That's, no, bro. So this is how it looked in the can, right? So it looked like like dark on the bottom and then then it filters clear to the top. Didn't know we needed to shake this beer first. Dude, I'm into it. I think it's, do you want to try mine so you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, well, it's pretty good. Traditionally, I don't drink things that are starting to separate. That's on you, man. Yeah, it is. And I beg to differ because you drink white Russians. They don't separate. They do separate. No, they don't. They no, might they do separate. Make a, no, they do not. Maybe I'm thinking of a, a car bomb. Yes. Aha, which you also drink. Every once in a while. Okay. Boom. I drink them with the Bailey's almond milk that doesn't actually curdle, though. So, touche. Nice workaround. Thank you. Well, I think it's pretty good. And since I'm the only one that's tried Lactose every intolerance iter- for the win. 
the only person that's tried every iteration of this beer out of the can. I think my rating should matter more than yours. <laughs> listeners can decide. Fair. But uh, what I've had in your glass is worse than what I've had in mine. And I think, here's my hypothesis. Mix them. If we had- Mix them. That's a good idea. Fucking dump that one in there, yeah, bro. Look at that. All right, here we go. So this is going here. Boom. And now we have so, a chunky- For those listening you yeah, sure. at home, Max just poured- what appeared to be like the smoothie yogurt-like dregs at the bottom yes. into my clearer West Coast-looking IPA thing that still looks swampy with particulate matter. Now it's we, and I think we should clarify because we've had over the years. You better because this beer is not very clear. Over the years, we've had actual chunks that would not strain through, say, a sieve. Mm-hmm. This would. Every time I've drank it, it's I can't feel solids. There have been beers where I have. And the this isn't fact that. that you need to say that. Well, that's more of a testament to the other beers that we've drank than this. Like, these look pretty solid, but they do not come out that I'm way. I'm sorry, Max, in but way. anytime someone says, no, it's fine, the beer only looks chunky and chewy, that is not a selling point to any fucking human on the Dude, planet. Dude, it's good. I don't know what to tell you. It's pretty good. It's really sweet. It's pretty boozy, too, on the end. It's very hot. But it's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Give me that. Yeah, try Give it. Give me that. Like now, before you drink it, it's still going to be too sweet for you. Okay, like it's, it's still going to be too sweet. It's going to be too boozy. There's way too much fruit. There's not enough hop, but it doesn't taste disgusting. No, that's bad. Well, herein lies our differences, I guess. Yep. I like it. I, I think, think it slaps. You shouldn't put shit like that in a can. Well, let's reach out to the other 103 people that have had it on Untapped, and we'll see. Can you find the photos? See if there's anything similar. Yeah, I'll look right now. Yeah, so uh, there we said this before we started rolling. There's not been a ton of uh, reviews of this particular beer on Untapped. Like there were literally 103, um, and if there are photos, every single one looks like this. Okay, that's how it's supposed to be, and it's heck of good. And has anyone anybody said like I drank this and I died? No. Then we're fine. Wow. No. What are the and you said this is rated pretty highly, and I don't know what you meant by that. What did you mean? Uh, out of with with 103 ratings, mm-hmm. it's got a 4.14, okay, which is insanely high. It's like a solid B beer. What is the the worst ratings? Can you find me like the one stars? What are their complaints? Because I would like to know, and I feel like I already know. The lowest rating is a three. Oh, really? Yep. That surprises me. What does the three have to say about it? Uh, you can't really jump right to that rating. What is wrong with Untapped? They really got to fix their stuff. Yeah, I don't know. All right, well. I'm not going to scroll through okay. 103 ratings to find it, but I bet it's at the bottom, but I'm not going to do that. It seems like you're doing it. I'm not. All right. Um, well, so yeah, clearly some issues with the beer. Even if we take away the, the 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 visible chunkiness, it's still pretty sweet. It's not awesome in that respect. I think it's an okay beer. I'd drink it again for sure. I would maybe not uh, rile up the can quite in the same way, though I do think it tastes better. with Or those rile notes. up the can the whole way. Sure. Like, does that can anywhere on it say contains fresh fruit mixed thoroughly, like it, shake before opening? It depends how semantic you want to get, because what it does say, it says in, in a large font, Modern Escape. As a reminder, that's the name of the beer. Then in a smaller font, but not the smallest, it says Hazy Double IPA with fruit. Then in a smaller font, it says Citra, Guava, and Passion Fruit. I would say the beer is listed stylistically as a Hazy Double IPA with fruit. So yes, kind of. I would further postulate that the the addition of very active fruits here 
would come down to this Wolf King collaboration because as fun and different as that New Zealand Pilsner was, not nearly as edgy as what we have now. So I might look into Wolf King. Yeah, they're a contract brewery, so they, they make beer for people. Is that what it is? Is that yeah. what a contract brewery is? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we're at that point. Johnny Summers, out of 10, give, give me what you got. 2.1. 2.1. Why not a two flat? Feels like a 2.1. Okay, why not a 2.2? It's not that good. Why not a one? It's not undrinkable. It's, no, it isn't. It's unsavory, and it looks atrocious, and I would never serve it to someone. Sure. Like if I was at a bottle share You'd or certainly public, never buy it again. Oh, God, no. Yep. Um, given the fact that it does have the floaties and it appears to be that is, in fact, how this beer was intended mm-hmm. to exist, um, knowing that one, they should have had something on the can that said, let's you know roll this. Mm-hmm. Turn it upside down or, or before don't, serving, or let it sit for twenty minutes before you pour and leave. And because that's a common theme in beers, like, like in in um, like traditional sours, the bottle will say like, "Hey, leave the yeast at the bottom mm-hmm. and don't pour that into your glass." It's yeah. not part of that. Could be here too. Well, to be fair, this beer's been sitting in the fridge overnight, upright. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything to it other than hold it upright, sure, and then put it on the table and open it and pour. Sure. Okay, sure. So I don't think there was any any the, there was sediment throughout this beer. Mm-hmm. Just with a large concentration on the bottom. Sure. So aesthetics aside, taste-wise, this beer is very unsatisfactory. Yeah, okay. And I think that's what comes back to like me and you with this. Like I'm more into the sweet IPA. Granted, this is like bordering not feeling like an IPA at this point. No. It's like a fruited, I guess, IPA, but the hoppiness is is very, very hard to find. Well, keep in mind it's a fruited New England double that's IPA. True. Yeah. So already stylistically a category that's overly sweet and not necessarily sure. hoppy. All right, two point one for you. Yeah, Max. Six. Wow. I like it. I like it. It's above average. It's not amazing. It's not even it's not even very good. But it's above average. Six is a bonkers rating for this. Five is average for me. And it's above average. I drink it again. Also, I've had my glass sitting for maybe three minutes, you think? Yeah, look at it. So check that out. There's a like a quarter inch of sediment at the bottom. And I think, look at, I mean, if that were a cocktail, you'd be like, what a well-constructed cocktail this is. Look at those right. layers. Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep sipping it. Do you have anything else you want to mention about uh, Seek Beer Company or, or either of the beers we've covered today at all? Uh, definitely drink the New Zealand uh, Pilsner okay. over this guy. Uh, yeah, this one is a big question mark for me. Like, if they meant for it to be like this, why? And that's the other great thing that we have to fall back on is that this is about six weeks old. So it's mm-hmm. like it's not like it could have gotten that old. It might have gotten messed up in the sun, but the Pilsner didn't. I've had beers that were messed up in the sun. They didn't. That were better than this. They didn't turn chunky. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, so nothing else. You good? No, I'm good. All right. Uh, this is clearly a divisive beer. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Again, you can get in touch with us via email, uh, fhccast at gmail.com, or what's probably easier for everyone involved is just like send us a text, or you can leave us a voicemail, but probably a text, 530-433-0839. That is our podcast phone number, and we both get it, and we love that sort of thing. So please do reach out. In the meantime, here comes the fun sound for Hot and Bothered. Welcome to Hot and Bothered. I don't want to do it this week. Johnny, what is hot and bothered? Man, it's where we Man. T- <laughs> it's where we tell you about shit that's got us stoked or really pissed off. That's the whole that's the bottom. That's the line. gist. And that's, we thought we can just call it a thing, a phrase that everybody knows. We'll subvert their expectations. Yeah. 
and not get them aroused sexually. I might get you hot or actually legitimately bothered. Correct. And that's kind of the, the thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, you've got like one thing to talk about. I've got a few. So please, madam, after you. Uh, wait. Why that rhymed, by the way, why, in a really nice way. Why don't you go first if you have more than one thing? Because then it's a bounce back. If I have one thing. We just listen to you talk forever. Nobody wants it. Okay, fine. Deal. Um, I would like to tip my hat to a film that came out many a year ago. And I'm going to look it up now because I don't have the information. It just occurred to me while I was doing um, these first couple sentences. But The Edge of Tomorrow. Have you seen it? Yeah, uh, time Tom ago. Cruise, oh, Emily Blunt. Yeah, shit holds up. It's a great sci-fi film. When's the, okay, so when's the last time you saw it? Three or four years ago. Okay, so it came out um, not three or four years ago. It came out about nine years ago. Um, and the premise, if you don't know, is basically Earth is being invaded by aliens, uh, and they are like time-traveling kind of aliens that can see the future and then can rewind the clock. So that's how they see it. It's kind of Groundhog Day-ish. And then that's how they take over worlds is they beat uh, whatever dominant species is there by predicting their moves. And it does hold up. I'd only seen it maybe once. It's very good. It's on Prime Video. Watch it if you haven't seen it, definitely. And if yeah. you have seen it, watch it again. It's very refreshing. Solid. I stand by that recommendation. Yeah, really, really good. Um, um, no, you go. No, since we're talking about streaming stuff. Yeah, I've streamed something, stuff. so have you. Yeah, I've been waiting for a hot minute. The last season came out maybe a year and a half ago. Uh, I'm talking about Alone. Sure. History Channel original documentary series. Mm -hmm. And they're not even calling it reality TV because it's not. It's a documentary series. Sure. Uh, ten people making their own documentary about not dying in the woods. Uh, just premiered last week. We watched the first episode. I'm very excited that it's back. It's one of my all-time favorite shows. Uh, if you've never watched Alone, I was actually drinking with a couple friends this weekend. Boo. That is not the spirit. You should watch this show. I know. I was very excited uh, that they had never seen it because I got to say, well, right. when you're alone, watch this show. Right. Alone. That probably felt good. Yeah. Okay. When you're a strange... No, it's What wrong. is this song? Uh, when you're strange, people are stranger. I don't remember. When you're... I'm thinking of, uh, you can always go to downtown. <laughs> That's different. That's what I thought nope. you were singing. I was like, well, how is that going to connect? No, neither of them connect. But anyways, uh, yeah, I got to, to kind of proselytize alone a little bit because I love that show. It's such good survival, man. Mm. It's just like Bear Grylls. Bushcraft. It's, it's, it's Bear Grylls wishes he could be on alone. Sure. Lastly for me then um, is that I have finalized some dates with a temporary band that I made called Skies Out Thighs Out. Talked about it a bunch, um, but we're having a photo shoot on Friday, which is today. If you're here in the podcast, the day it drops. Um, we're wearing shorts about midway up the thigh. I may or may not be in this band. You are not in this band um, unless you're wearing shorts as the bouncer, then you can be in it. I realized that was a stipulation. You have to be wearing shorts if you're doing it. Oh, the gorilla suit. I forgot about the gorilla suit. I don't like that anymore. Unless it wears shorts. Is that that was the whole point. I forgot. Here we are. We'll Short. talk about it again next week. The gorilla was wearing shorts. Anyways, it's going to be a fun photo yeah. shoot. I'm getting super stoked about um, our upcoming date on June 30th at the Commons. We're playing 7 or 9. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a thing. I might be there. I appreciate that. Do you have anything else, Johnny Summers? No. 
As usual, the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. Everybody on Patreon, check out the handlebar for a sick-ass happy hour. My name is Max Minardi. My name is Johnny Summers. Be sure to tune in next week for some The Blackening and some Noble Aleworks. We're doing two golden milk stouts from them. I have to take so many pills, but it's going to be fun. Anyways, be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. Drink some tasty stuff. All that good. All those good things. All the good stuff. Just do the good stuff. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.